0: Hello and welcome to the South Carolina Lead, I'm your host Gavin Jackson and this episode was recorded on June 28, 2021 from South Carolina Public Radio Studios here in Columbia. Just so you know, some of the information in this podcast may have changed by the time you've heard it. This episode features a look at some of the budget vetoes Governor Henry McMaster issued. Senator Tim Scott announces his 2022 re-election bid. I talk with a USC professor about the history of the Statehouse grounds and several controversial monuments. We look at some manufacturing data for the region, Scott Morgan brings us his third part of his nursing series, and the CDC looks into the link between rare cases of myocarditis and the COVID vaccine. Additionally, we want to hear your stories, so we set up a voicemail box to hear from y'all about your life during these more certain times. Leave us a one to three minute long voicemail at 803-563-7169. Leave us your name, a little message, tell us where you're calling from, and just what's going on in your world. Have you seen F9? It was the big blockbuster hit this weekend. What are your favorite summertime movies? Mm, good throwback. I mean, Independence Day is obviously there. but Or what you're doing for 4th of July. Let us know. 803-563-7169. We might just show up at your barbecue. Now for the latest in South Carolina. Currently, the spread of COVID-19 is moderate, according to data from the Department of Health and Environmental Control. There have been 9,819 total deaths, and currently there are 596,144 total cases being reported in all 46 counties as of June 25th at 4 p.m. Our seven-day moving average for cases is 144. Currently, 130 folks are hospitalized with COVID-19, 33 are in intensive care, and 16 are on ventilators. And we have some more somber data for you. Johns Hopkins reports that the U.S. surpassed 600,000 total deaths on June 22nd, becoming the first country to do so. Now listen to these numbers. It took us 84 days to reach the first 100,000 deaths, 113 days for the next 100,000, and then 86 days to go from 200,000 to 300,000. And then during the worst of it, it took us 33 days for the next two milestones. But I say all this because to go from 500,000 deaths to 600,000 deaths took us the longest period of time, 130 days. And that's thanks to the widespread use of the vaccines. On Friday, Governor Henry McMaster made 15 budget vetoes, dealing with 226 earmarks, that totaled $152.5 million. He did this because of transparency concerns surrounding the spending. McMaster said in a signing statement that, quote, While some important and unprecedented transparency measures were adopted in the budgeting process this year, public transparency must be absolute and uncompromised in order to maintain the public's trust and confidence in state government. Disclosure of the sponsor and recipient is not enough. The bulk of these earmarked appropriations still lacks sufficient context, description, explanation of merit, or justification how the recipient intends to spend the funds. And we'll see lawmakers come back on Tuesday to take up these vetoes. Next up, the 2022 campaign trail is heating up, folks. Oh yeah, we're back. Senator Tim Scott kicked off his 2022 re-election bid Monday in North Charleston and held events in Greenville and Columbia. Now, this man is a fan of term limits. The 55-year-old North Charleston native said this will be his last run for the Senate seat that he has held since 2013. He didn't hint at what the political future holds for him over the next six years, including any potential presidential runs. Now As a refresher on how he got here, then-Governor Nikki Haley appointed Scott, who was a House member at the time, to fill the Senate seat previously held by Jim Dement when DeMint resigned to go run the Heritage Foundation. Scott then won a special election in 2014 and an easy re-election in 2016 and plans to do the same in 2022.
1: What a blessing to have so many people turn out for your re-election. I've had the great privilege of serving the people of South Carolina for the last decade in Congress, and I look forward to six more years, but in order for that to happen, these folks have to say they want me to do so. so these are my bosses, having a chance to talk to your bosses is always a good decision and a good point, and I always leave with uh, more information.
0: Scott, the only black Republican in the U.S. Senate, has long been a rising star within the party and delivered a primetime address during the 2020 Republican National Convention and this year gave the Republican response to President Joe Biden's speech before Congress. He's running point for Republicans on the negotiations over police reform legislation that has reached a framework agreement. He gave some insight on the next steps.
1: No no specific timetable. We hope over the next few weeks to actually put everything in legislative text, that that's the goal between now and July the 11th to 12th. We're making progress, we're meeting every day on it, and I'm pretty confident that we are at least going to have a product that people can say yay or nay to. I said it was June or bust, we actually met the deadline of having a a consensus agreement on the framing of the bill. That was the goal. We got there. Now the goal is to get it finished. Giving you a false deadline is not very helpful, so I won't pretend like we have one, but we certainly know that we need one before the August recess, hopefully before then.
0: So far, two Democrats are in the race and are vying for the nomination, State Representative Crystal Matthews of Ladson and Spartanburg County Democratic Party Chairwoman Angela Getter. Now, have you ever visited the State House grounds and wondered about the history of some of the monuments and statues on the campus? You ever been caught flat-footed when showing folks around, and they're like, who is this? And you're like, uh, hmm, um, "Uh, what, what's on the plaque there? Well, you're not the only one, because Dr. Lydia Matisse-Brant, a University of South Carolina art history professor, had that exact same experience. And decided to do some research that turned into a newly published book, The South Carolina State House Grounds, a guidebook. I spoke with her on This Week in South Carolina, and here's part of that conversation.
2: One of the most interesting things and the most difficult to research, which as a historian makes it really fun, is how many of the monuments have moved and changed. Almost all of the monuments on the State House grounds, especially those erected before the 1970s, have all moved at least once. Hmm. And so understanding why monuments moved, what their original configuration was, and how that played into what they were originally intended to mean, uh, that was fascinating to me how they'd all changed. And it reminded me that just like our identity as South Carolinians and our history is constantly evolving, so is this place. And that makes a lot of sense. And so unraveling those changes over time was really interesting.
0: So Dr. Brandt, there's a lot of historical context in your book that it provides uh, that we don't really get from other resources, even at the State House. Kind of tell us about some of the context, the historical context behind these monuments, specifically when it comes to race and white supremacy and why these monuments were put on the State House grounds in the first place.
2: So monuments are attempts by people in the present to put the past into context that makes sense for them at the moment. And so it's a lot of very convenient history. Uh, And so the moments where you see South Carolinians, the South Carolinians in power, um, which until very recently were white men, the moments in which they really try to erect monuments and invest in the state house grounds are moments where they're trying to assert that power and to use the past and sometimes the really recent past in order to legitimize their decisions in the present. And so what we see on the state house grounds is often a defense or an offense, uh, a strategy by those in power to make arguments about what South Carolina has been and what it should be in the future. And so a lot of the monuments are assertions of white supremacy, some done in reaction to the Civil War, but more often in reaction to Reconstruction. South Carolina has a really important and really unique history. Uh, During Reconstruction, we had the only still to this day uh, Black majority state legislature in the history of the United States. And so a lot of the monuments that are constructed beginning in the 1870s after the conclusion of Reconstruction. They might look like they're about the Civil War, but they're really about asserting, uh, asserting control after Reconstruction and whites taking back power or what they call redeeming power. And so when monuments like those to Wade Hampton and Ben Tillman are unveiled, and those are unveiled almost 40 years apart from one another, what people are talking about at those ceremonies is about how the government in South Carolina will never again be ruled by black people. And so they're very explicit uh, in that they are about white supremacy. And all you have to do is look either at the monuments themselves or at the words that people said when they first unveiled them.
0: What you do in your book, you provide that, you know, that those first-hand accounts, that really important context to back up the fact why they were put there in the first place. Um, do you think that we're in any way trying to maybe remedy that past in any way with any uh, current or new monuments at this point?
2: Well, putting new monuments up on the state house grounds and taking new mo- or taking old monuments down is really difficult because of legislation that was enacted uh, with the compromise to remove the Confederate flag from the top of the state house to the Confederate monument. Mm-hmm. And so until that legislation can change, um, there's really not going to be any political possibility of making those changes.
0: Much more to that interview which you can find on youtube.com slash South Carolina ETV. And real quick just to follow up for something we talked about last episode, NPR reported that over the weekend President Joe Biden walked back his threat that he wouldn't sign the bipartisan infrastructure deal if it doesn't go in tandem with another larger spending plan. You may remember we mentioned this in the previous episode and Sarah Lindsey Graham calling it extortion. The more than $1 trillion plan still has a ways to go, though, and will soon be scored by the Congressional Budget Office, which means that the CBO checks the costs associated with the bill. So stay tuned, we'll be watching it too. We have a short business section for you today. We're going to start with the Fed. The Federal Reserve Bank of Richmond, which represents the fifth federal district that encompasses the Carolinas and several other mid-Atlantic states, came out with its monthly manufacturing activity survey last week. I know, just what you've all been waiting for, right? Well, it shows that manufacturing activity continued to expand in June. That's good news. Now, This was driven by an increase in new orders, while the other two component indices, shipments and employment, also remained in expansionary territory. Manufacturers continued to report shrinking inventories, growing order backlogs, and lengthening vendor lead times. Overall, respondents saw improvement in local business conditions and were optimistic that conditions would continue to improve. Survey results indicated many manufacturers increased employment and wages in June and expected further increases in the next six months. However, firms struggled to find workers with the necessary skills, a difficulty that manufacturers expected to continue. So some good news there with the bad as we get a general update from the manufacturing industry of several neighboring states. But overall, that's some positive economic news if you has this podcast dose. And speaking of expanding, the Medical University of South Carolina announced that it will buy three community hospitals, a freestanding emergency department and affiliated physician practice in the Midlands. MUCS Board of Trustees voted to purchase Providence Health and Kershaw Health, which are currently part of LifePoint Health. MUSC Health anticipates hiring all active employees in good standing and will also meet with the administrators at each of the facilities to determine staffing and needs, with the intent to make operations as efficient and successful as possible. We continue to highlight Scott Morgan's four-part series on nursing and the pandemic, and present you with part three, a look at those tasked with keeping and recruiting nurses who say the pandemic gave hospitals and schools an awful lot to learn. Chief of which is to build support and safety nets right into the programs that help nurses survive emotionally. Here's Scott's piece.
3: For a moment, I'm going to be very reductive about what the COVID-19 pandemic did to working nurses in this state. In a big picture kind of a way, nurses either found a deep in their bones new zeal for what they do, or they left.
4: We probably do not have a good, accurate count in South Carolina about how many nurses packed their bags and went elsewhere.
3: Judith Thompson is the CEO of the South Carolina Nurses Association.
4: I don't know if we'll ever have an account about that. I have anecdotal activity from people who were members of this association who called and said, I'm going to New York.
3: Thompson says a lot of nurses who left the state during the pandemic did so for various reasons, salary or a chance for advancement perhaps, but she says many left because in some hospitals, overwhelmed and overworked staff simply didn't feel their emotional needs were being addressed.
4: First thing that I believe that, people should have heard from their employers was how important every person who works in an institution is to keeping that institution functioning. That didn't happen in many cases, and therefore people began to look at where are activities taking place that are in my field somewhere else.
3: The undercurrent here is that the instances of nurses leaving the ICUs and emergency rooms in South Carolina didn't all happen because the job got intense. That said, the job got intense.
4: There is fatigue.
3: Michelle Logan-Owens is the COO of McLeod Health in Florence.
4: I'll tell you, team members put themselves completely aside during the pandemic. It was all focused on what the patients and families needed. And so now we have an opportunity to really make sure that we as healthcare organizations are doing everything possible to make sure that our team members are in a good place.
3: Along with retention, there is recruiting. Mary Foster Cox is a nursing professor at the University of South Carolina. She says an advantage new nurses will have is a healthcare system that has learned from its pandemic era missteps. I
4: think that we will be better prepared if something like this happens again in the future. Probably both the nursing schools and the hospitals are gonna be far more attentive to providing some services for both the staff and the new grads that come in to make sure that they're acclimated to the environments and they feel safe in their workplace.
3: Dr. Cox's colleague, Joy Dupree, agrees, but worries about a common flaw in human nature, how quickly we forget hard-learned lessons.
4: I'm afraid we may get to that point where we're back into a normal pattern that we let go of some of that emergent feeling that we have now. But I I certainly hope that we will continue with the curriculum so as those that are in there now will be molded and grow with what we're beginning to start doing now.
3: Dr. Cox says real attention to the mental health needs of hospital staffs will be key to the future of nursing if implemented in practical ways.
4: Things like flexible scheduling, scheduled work breaks that actually allow people to to take time away from patient care, partnering inexperienced nurses with experienced ones. All of those things are going to be really important to recruiting new nurses because there's been so much turnover during the pandemic and a lot of people don't want to even go back
3: into nursing. Then again, there's always been a lot of turnover in nursing. The pandemic certainly didn't help, but a lot of what you might suspect about the state of nursing might be informed by what you heard and saw and read on social media and maybe in legitimate press.
0: Great reporting right there, as usual, from Scott. And we'll bring you the final installment of the series on Saturday. But you can also find them on SouthCarolinaPublicRadio.org. Insider tip right there. And we have a follow-up on concerns about the vaccine being linked to rare side effects of myocarditis and pericarditis, which is inflammation of the heart muscle and lining around the heart, respectively. In the Johns Hopkins Center for Health Security weekly COVID email, they note that the CDC's Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices is meeting this week as it continues to look at vaccine safety data. The data indicates that there is a likely association between the mRNA-based SARS-CoV-2 vaccines from Pfizer-BioNTech and Moderna an elevated risk of myocarditis and pericarditis in adolescents and younger adults, although the risk appears to be very low. Can't stress that enough there, folks. Now, the rates of these issues are higher in males than females, and the conditions are more common after the second dose of the vaccine. The analysis estimates the overall rate of myocarditis pericarditis to be 12.6 cases per million second doses. Okay, folks, that's very rare. And these are the rates to the vaccine that's been administered to individuals aged 12 to 39 years old. Now, the conditions tend to be present within approximately five days. While most of the affected individuals were hospitalized, symptoms were generally mild and most recovered quickly. To their knowledge, researchers say that neither condition has resulted in death among recently vaccinated individuals. Welcome to our wind down section, our little break from the news. We talk about life during the pandemic and want to hear your stories as well. Tell us how things are going, tell us how summer's going. It's hot, we already got our first little tropical depression off the coast here. Things are rocking and rolling already, so let us know what you're doing, what you're doing for July 4th. You oh, know, yeah. Maybe you'll be listening to the lead. What kind at of your fireworks? barbecue oh, on, your, on I, your smart speaker. I heard we're a real <laughs> crowd, please. Oh, yeah, everyone wants to gather around and just, oh, yeah, listen up, listen
5: up. Very yeah, good. this is my friend I don't know, Gavin. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know you. We know all
0: of you. Actually, we have a lot of data. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, we've stolen a lot of data from you guys. Yeah, if you guys accept the cookies, we will be we will be at your barbecue. <laughs> but um, AT, they can do that by calling us at 803 563 769 Oh, cool. Now, has someone
5: done that? Oh, sadly, um, if I put this mic to the hopper, you would hear uh, uh, desiccated dry crickets because, man, oh, man, is that thing empty. Ah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. If you're listening right now, chances are you haven't done what uh, any good
0: leader would in call in. Oh, well, as we celebrate America's birthday yeah. how about you, and, and my birthday, which is on the horizon, too. Yes. Gav, this Not is... quite as old as America, but getting up there. <laughs> you can see the grays. Uh, yeah. Do us a favor. Call in. Call in. 803 It's
5: as simple as that. Did if you're listening right now, if you're within the sound of Gavin's voice, call in. <laughs> Simply as simple as $1.99 a month. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Now, while it is free... It could cost you $1.99 a month if we were charging. If we were charging, but, or not. but we're not. But we will if we, if we don't get any more voicemails. If we have to, yeah. Now, I know ETV won't let us
5: do that, but we will. We'll find a way. We'll Same f- way. When there's a will, there's <laughs> a way. I mean, it, you have to think about what the Founding Fathers fought for, <laughs> oh you know? And this podcast, Freedom I, speech. Think, I think that Freedom was of front of mind for all these guys. They're huge podcasts. Oh, yeah. Guys. no, I think they were bigger.
0: I think they were thinking more about Joe Rogan
5: than <laughs> us. <laughs> oh, I heard John Adams was a huge Joe Rogan guy. Yeah. yeah. He was a huge... Huge Joe Rogan guy, so uh, there's that. But anyway, Colin, let us yeah. know your least favorite founding father. <laughs> <laughs> founding father burn.
0: Drag a few of them, please. I mean, uh, well, it won't be too hard. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they've left. They left a review. Uh, yeah, I
5: I mean, the First Amendment. I, I had to ban Ben Franklin because uh, he's a real troll in the in the message
0: boards. We but anyway, get, We Gavin, get it. The Pony Express. Gavin, blah, blah, blah.
5: Gavin, <laughs> without these calls, we have more time to do. I mean, Josh was out last week yes. on Friday. He was sick. So him. So we're moving everyone's favorite part of the week. We're probably going to double dip this week on Yeah. It. So a lot of news. Everybody, welcome. Welcome, intern Josh. Josh, how are you? Pops. I'm good.
0: Applause. I'm good. Thank you, guys. It is great, it.
5: great to hear your voice. I was very sad when you weren't here. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I was
6: sad I couldn't be here but Yeah, it's okay. We're uh, going to double dip this week so you, that's you, awesome. You, oh yes.
5: You sound hale, you sound hearty. It sounds great. Let's mm-hmm. let Josh let's, let's get to your news.
6: All right, so first question, have you guys pre-ordered your ticket for commercial space flight
0: yet? No.
5: You I know, I've we, had we, it in my yeah. my uh, <laughs> cart.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, we uh, I still haven't got that. Bezos hasn't returned my phone calls. So no.
6: prices are dropping. <laughs> prices are dropping <laughs> it a time to time buy? It's a good time I to buy. I found the cheapest ticket out. So, okay. Oh, okay. Um, well, there is a new contender in the space tourism market. We've heard of SpaceX, yeah, with Elon Musk. Yes. Uh, we may or may not have heard of Blue Origin, yes. that's mm-hmm. Jeff Bezos, and there's Virgin Galactic, mm-hmm. from yeah. Richard Branson. Branson. All my favorite Bransons. Branson, Baneers. right. What all of these guys have in common is they're basically <sighs> spaceships that shoot people off into space, and hmm. mm-hmm. The problem is, though, that's that's too cool. It's not touristy enough. Definitely not. <laughs> we need something that screams, you know, I'm a tourist. I don't belong. Yeah. I don't belong in these. I don't know where
5: you're going, but I'm interested. Uh, in it. And and so, I won't say so many things, but
6: gotta keep going. So we now have the space balloon. <laughs> the space balloon. Right. Company. <laughs> the company Space Perspective will be offering a 20 mile high trip from Earth in a hot air balloon style craft. Oh yeah, hmm. right. Twenty miles high. Just to put things in perspective, it lets you see four hundred fifty miles out. Mm-hmm. That's far enough to see the curvature Curve. of the earth. Yeah. Mm. Um, so I'll guess this is this is where the the touristy parts come in. Yeah. I'll Jimmy guess, Buffett's there. I'm airbrush sure. <laughs> t
0: shirts. <laughs>
6: <laughs> there's a board. But you better be getting there. an airbrush t shirt, that's all I'm saying. All guests will enjoy the plush reclining seats, <laughs> a refreshments bar with champagne from people to sip and mingle, luxury, and <laughs> free Wi Fi. So you know we can post those selfies on the ground. Wow, mm,
5: you do for clout. Yeah. That satellite connection,
6: you're right there. <laughs> it's basically a cruise in space. Gross. Um, for the low, low price. Right. The Florida Company is offering this. Florida, luxury, the Florida Company. This keyword luxury trip <laughs> mm-hmm. to space for. One hundred twenty-five thousand dollars. I and
5: thought you were stopping at one twenty-five, and I was like, "This is spirit space." I was like, this <laughs> "Yeah, is yeah and they're going to, have to charge you for carry-on." <laughs> one hundred twenty-five
6: large. Right, and if you can't, if you can't scrape the funds to pay the full price, that's okay. Technically, what? technically, you space. You can work balloons. it off.
0: <laughs> <laughs> work it off in space. Yeah, a little indentured servitude well, for space Well, travel. technically,
6: it doesn't exist yet, but you uh, can. Oh, okay. You can put down a thousand dollars for them to hold your spot for their first commercial flight scheduled for 2024.
0: Oh my God! So right now, leaders, this is we're gonna start our first appeal for all, you. I,
5: I heard all the air fryers <laughs> are up there, guys. Yeah. So
0: <laughs> starting today, we want you to go ahead and start opening up those wallets. You know, giving give what feels good. Give till it feels good. <laughs> Six, three, seven, six, nine. How many people are going on this craft? Is there it's, any it's, am I gonna be sharing space with someone from Florida? <laughs> What's the leg room like? Kevin yeah. needs to know. How so I reclined? looked at the
6: website and everything is it's basically three D rendered. Oh uh, mm-hmm. yeah. But it's a maximum of eight people.
0: Mm.
6: Yeah. But, I mean, but the balloon, the balloon itself is as big as a football field,
0: of course. Yeah. but
5: I, I mean, in my head, since you're the Florida is really sticking with me. you know what I mean? <laughs> I know. I, so, talk with me. I, I mean that I see in my head a three d render of an apartment building you know is never going to exist. <laughs> yeah. And then I in reality, I see like, Use Lazy Boys stapled to a balloon, <laughs> you know, and then like yeah. uh, microwaves for hot pockets. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I and, mean, that, and maybe a senior frog
0: somewhere that's, up there. That's,
5: that's luxury. That's <laughs> an me.
6: expensive hot pocket.
0: This that's an like, expensive uh, hot pocket. I wonder how long that trip is going to take, like up and so, back. You know, they said like, six hours total. Oh, What's, six hours total.
5: That's a lot of cheddar. That's a lot of champagne. That's a lot of champagne. Yeah, it's,
0: it better be bottomless. <laughs> yeah,
5: I mean, <laughs> a battery
0: be bottle mimosas. mimosas. Well, all to I shame.
5: gotta say, a battery be bottle is mimosas. But also, if you drink <laughs> yeah. at altitude, that's gonna mess you up. Too. Oh yeah,
0: that's gonna be a wild ride. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I yeah, maybe tap the brakes on that. Do not, <laughs> not you, you know, know how Do you know
5: how you feel? Twenty are you, miles are you, up. Are you pulling the lead endorsement right now, Gavin? Uh,
0: I I don't know. If I mean, we can definitely we can definitely fundraise for it. I won't say if the, the funds will actually go towards this. Okay, but we, we can fundraise. We're the leads giving it a soft maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Again, Florida-based company, really.
5: <laughs> Florida-based companies really sticking in my craw there. But Josh, thank you <laughs> Thanks, for this Josh. news. Thanks, Josh. No problem. We'll see you in space. <laughs> yes, yeah, see you in the final frontier. Gavin, say goodbye to everyone, please. All right,
0: folks. Well, tell us about uh, if you would join us on our space journey. <laughs> We're filling seats right now for $1,000. So, again, thanks for listening to the pod, guys. Show us your appreciation by leaving us a review on iTunes or a voicemail, 803-563-7169. You can stay up to date with the latest news on SCETV.org and SouthCarolinaPublicRadio.org. And don't forget to support your local newspapers. For the South Carolina lead, I'm Gavin Jackson. Be well, South Carolina. Go ahead. Just sneeze around on the microphone there. Go ahead. Keep, keep juicing.